0: Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Dallas Montague. Here in the studio today, we have another amazing guest, Jessica Colleen. Jessica, it's so great to have you here today. We're going to talk about your book, A Journey of Healing. How are you today?
2: I'm great. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Jessica, where are you calling from?
2: I am currently calling in from Memphis, Tennessee.
1: And what's the weather like in Tennessee? I have a friend there. I think it snowed a few days ago. Is that correct?
2: It snowed here about a month ago, I think. Oh, just um, a Today, it is currently cold but sunny, but we do not have any snow, thankfully.
1: That's good. <laughs> Maybe it was an old video that I saw from him, so that's good. And we're kind of moving into spring soon, right?
2: Yes. And I am so excited. I I love springtime. It's so beautiful outside during the spring. It
1: is. Things are coming back to life.
2: Yes. I'm so happy. And
1: I mentioned mentioned to you, Jessica, that I'm in Brazil right now calling you and we're actually going into our winter. And so as you guys enter into spring and summer, we're entering into our winter season, which is very uncomfortable and very cold, but not (laughs) as cold as, of course, Tennessee in the winter time.
2: Oh, wow. So what is the weather like there in the winter? How cold does it get?
1: Um, we're in Celsius. So um, in Fahrenheit, I would say definitely above freezing, probably 40s at the coldest, 40, 50. Oh, you
2: guys are so lucky. It <laughs> gets so cold here. You guys are lucky.
1: <laughs> yes. It feels cold, though, because nobody has heaters. They're not prepared for winter. And so when 40 or 50 comes, it's pretty cold. It's oh. pretty cold. All right. Well, Jessica, again, thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to talk about your book a little bit, but before we get into that, um, I just like to ask our guests if they like to share their testimony with our listeners. So maybe some questions like how you became a Christian and why you're still a Christian today.
2: I became a Christian through my grandfather, actually. He was a pastor at a church and I used to follow him around a lot as a child. Um, and as I grew older, um especially growing up in the church a lot, I kind of gravitated away from my faith a lot um, because I grew up thinking God was this big, scary man, and he punished us for everything. That's kind of the the lessons that I interpreted as a child, but, you know, nobody really explained it to me, so that's how I interpreted it, and in my teenage years and through my 20s, I kind of gravitated away from my faith. But I've always been one of those type of people where God never lets me go too far. He's always had a grip on me. So even when I was mm-hmm. out away from him in the church, I could still hear him. And I know people will say, well, how is that possible? <laughs> and I always say, hey, if you have a strong foundation, I truly believe that he still connects to you, even when you're out in the world doing things you're not supposed to be doing. And I gravitated back toward God probably in my late 20s um it was a series of events where I just felt really really broken and I remember just praying a prayer to God God if you just get out of get me out of this and remember me one more time I won't turn my back on you again
0: you're listening to the faith and family fellowship podcast we'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors
1: Do you have a favorite Bible verse? ChristianWalls.com will have it. ChristianWalls.com makes Bible verse art for your home, office, living room, and more. Imagine your favorite scripture on the wall. ChristianWalls.com can put your favorite Bible verse on the wall. ChristianWalls.com's goal is to bring God's word into your home through beautiful art. ChristianWalls.com can also make custom designs for you. They can also take a family picture and add scripture to that as well. Check out ChristianWalls.com to brighten up your home today. Are you tired of wishing and hoping for the miracles that the Bible promises you? Are you looking for answers that will help you discover and unlock the power of God in your life? Miracles Now is a powerful and practical guide to help us walk the path of the normal Christian life in light of the Holy Scriptures.
0: Find your copy of Miracles Now on Barnes & Noble today.
2: And lo and behold, he remembered me, and I've been on that journey ever since. No, the journey has not been perfect, and I have definitely made some mistakes, as we all do, but God has truly been good to me, and he has truly, truly blessed me, and I don't think I could ever go back into the world how I once was with the party and things like that. I couldn't do that anymore. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. That's so many people's testimony. As well, living like the world. And Jesus says that we're called not to live like the world. We're called to live different because we're not of this world. Um, I was just reading John chapter 17 because it's Easter season. And if before Jesus went to be crucified, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane praying. And he was praying for us because he wants us to stay in the world. He said, you are called to be in the world to reach those in the world, but you are not of the world. So remember that. And I think that's perfect. What you're saying there is. We're not of this world, so we're not supposed to look like this world.
2: Yes, I love that statement. And actually, my um, prayer mom made a powerful statement yesterday when we were on a live service. She said, God told his son no in the garden so he could tell us yes to save us. And I thought that mm-hmm. was just so amazing when she said it. It was like a mind-blowing, like, wow, God told his mm-hmm. only son no to save all of us. And it's just truly mm. a blessing.
1: Yeah, and sometimes there's so much power in the no, right?
2: Yes, I can't You'd be surprised. Many, it's like <laughs> I can't tell you how many times. <laughs> right. I have asked God for things, and He's like, "No, no." Mm. And I'm like, yeah. "But please, God, I want." It. And he's like, "No, mm-hmm. no." I I actually have it's powerful a, a testimony of. A lot of people say that they haven't heard God audibly. I have heard him audibly. And I actually think I talked about that in the book where God actually told me audibly I was praying. I literally heard him. It was like this deep voice and he said, no. I said, no. And it scared me so bad. I literally got up. I imagine. I I imagine. (laughs) I ran out of my apartment because I thought I was hearing things, but there was nobody here. And I said, oh, mm. that must have been done. So he said no. So, okay, it's he's no.
1: mm. Wow. And just to ask about that, was it like a, a loving father type of sound? Was it like a roaring waterfall type of sound? <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that.
2: It was more so of me praying about a relationship that I desperately wanted him to fix. And he had already given me the signs that it was not going to work. And sometimes in life, I think God gets frustrated when we try to make things fit, fit that He's already said no to. So I was sitting, praying about it and praying about it, and then finally, I guess He just was like trying to get me to hear Him. It wasn't like a scary voice; it was more like a a firm, fatherly like voice, like how your father would talk to you. He said, "No." It was more like a no, like a stern no. Mm
1: -hmm. I imagine it to be a stern, confident no. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. All right. And so, Jessica, thank you for sharing a little bit about your testimony. I feel like we can understand your book a little bit better now that we know you a little bit more. And so, back to the title of the book, A Journey of Healing. And so, first off, when did you release this book, Jessica? Um,
2: The first release was actually about two years ago. And then... I put the book down and had to do some revisions to it because I was stronger in my walk with God during that time. And so I said, well, let's go back and make some revisions. And so then I finally got the yes from him to release it again. And it just got released last week. And I'm so excited and I hope it helps as many people as it possibly can.
1: And we'll talk a little bit about what the book is is about today, but you can also get this book on Amazon, right?
2: Yes, it's currently on Amazon. Perfect.
1: Okay, so listeners, look down at the description. The link will be below for that. You guys can find the book and buy your copy of that. So now, Jessica, what inspired the writing of this book, the title of this book, A Journey of Healing? Just tell us a little bit more about that.
2: Well, the book itself is about a very controversial topic, especially in the church. Um, A lot of people don't agree with it. But this is my testimony, and I found that when I went to counseling, I actually went to counseling um, for an abortion that I had years ago, and that was when the whole prayer about me asking God to get me out of that situation, that's how that prayer came about. And I remember I went to this counseling session after I had the abortion, and I just heard so many women who were broken who had abortions. 50 years ago, 40 years ago, who were still hurt because they were not allowed to talk about it. And I was just sitting there wondering, these women are in their 40s and 50s and 60s, still talking about that because they can't go to the church and talk about it because they get Bible verses thrown at them. And I'm not saying that that's right or wrong, but when somebody is hurting on that level, sometimes they don't need a Bible verse condemning them. They need somebody to tell them, it's okay, God forgives you. And so when I saw this woman that was in her 60s, I said, she has been on a journey of healing for so long that she's still not healed. And that's how the title came about. And then for my own personal healing, it took me about two years to get over that um, in my own personal journey. And then that's how I came up with the title of the book. Okay.
1: Okay. And so talking about your own testimony and going into this book, how did your own spiritual life and your journey play into this book?
2: My spiritual life, I go all the way back to when I was a child, my relationship with God, then how I strayed away from God and how I ended up in that situation because I strayed Mm -hmm. away from God so much. And because I kept repeating the same relationship patterns because I didn't have a relationship with God anymore. I could still hear him and feel him. But as far as me talking to him, that part of my life was dead. I was not talking to him. I was out in the world doing what I wanted to do. You couldn't talk to me about church. I didn't want to hear about church. Mm -hmm. And so that's how my spiritual life connected is when I got back to him and I realized that I could pray to him and he forgave me. And the forgiveness was so sweet. And it wasn't like a, an angry God, the way that I imagined him to be as growing up. It was like he was waiting for me to come to him and speak to him and ask for forgiveness. And he was so loving about
1: it. And what was the thing that brought you back? Was it the hurt and the pain? Or was it just a feeling of hopelessness? What, what was the thing that brought you back to him?
2: The thing that brought me back to God was just feeling hopeless. I was so depressed. I actually had a uh, contemplated suicide. I just, I got to a point where I was just so depressed. I just didn't want to deal with life anymore. And that's when I just prayed, you know, God, just get me out of this and just show me that you're real one more time. And that's when I could feel his spirit, his Holy Spirit for the first time and I experienced it. And it was like, he was just telling me, I was just waiting on you. You know, you've been running from me. I wasn't running from you. And Mm. it was just an amazing... Feeling to just feel so free and liberated and not feel judged, especially in the space with Him. I feel like if you can't be raw and organic with God, then how can you be raw and organic with yourself?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think you're right, Jessica. There's a lot of people who have experienced this same thing that you experienced, and they don't know where to go. Maybe they feel like God has turned His eye or, or His his help from them. Maybe they feel like they can't go to the church and open up about it for judging reasons or whatever. And so I think it's, it is important for people to see a book of someone who came and had an encounter with God, who accepted the forgiveness of God and, and all of those things. I think that's such a huge thing. And so can you just tell us a little bit more about your book and what are the things that really helped you to find healing and freedom from this?
2: The thing that helped me to find freedom and healing is, spending a lot of meditation time with God. Um, I went to, as I said, I went to counseling. I know a lot of people do not believe in counseling. Counseling really helped me a lot to get through that. And it was a faith-based counseling, but it was not in the church. It was an organization here in our city that helps women who are pregnant or have had an abortion and they have different um, times for you to come, for women who have experienced that, to come get counseling and just have an open talk without any judgment. And counseling really helped me. And the book itself, it goes through my relationship pattern with this certain um, guy that this happened with. And basically me um, doing all types of things, degrading myself, not realizing my work, just to hold on to him. And it's clear so many times that God was like, no, I'm telling you to let it go and it's just about me finding myself and finding God again and the journey has been truly remarkable and I'm still on that journey today and I don't want anybody to think that I'm perfect because I obviously am not Mm -hmm.
1: yeah like many of us right yes (laughs) Mm okay okay And so what would be some advice for our listeners today? Maybe those who have experienced this, maybe they know a loved one who has experienced this. What would be your advice? I know you said meditating with God. That's a huge thing. Continue to do that, everyone out there. But what are some other pieces of advice that you learned along the way?
2: What I've learned along the way is to be as non-judgmental as you possibly can. I know people say I'm not judgmental, but in actuality, people really are. Not saying all people, but some people really are. And I don't think that they know that they're coming across as judgmental. And I think just allowing people to express themselves and to tell their story about that, but not in a way for them to keep dwelling on it. I think people need to tell their story, tell their truth, go through the healing process, and then let it go. I think sometimes we sit in things too long. And I also think that. For the person that that's telling the story to, as much as I love God's word, when somebody is in a pit such as that, with that with that type of hurt, they don't want to hear that that's uh, an abomination, that's a sin, things like that. We, we know that. Mm-hmm. We know sin is sin. That person doesn't yeah. need to hear that type of judgment. They need to hear God loves you. God forgives you. He knows what you did. It's okay. Just don't do it again. It's kind of like the woman in the Bible where Jesus told her, um, woman, you're healed and go away and don't sin anymore. That's what they need to hear. You know, I know what you did, but don't do it anymore. Don't let that just come back to habit. And I also think finding a, a group, like a life group at church, that's really helped me too to connect with other women especially a lot of older women that have seen a lot and gone through a lot and they're able to connect with me on a different level than maybe someone my age because they're able to tell me things about life, you know, in a way that I can understand. And that's actually what's helped me on my journey is a lot of older women. Uh, When I would go and talk to people my age or sometimes even people um, in my grandmother's age, Like in their 80s and 70s, I would get a lot of judgment, but you know, women in their 40s and 50s, they were really, really loving toward me and understood it, the place I was coming from.
1: And it's really interesting that you said that you don't need to tell them that it's a sin because they already know. And that's similar. I worked with uh, addiction for a while too. I worked at a ministry with addiction and that was one of the things too, is that we don't need to, to tell them this is wrong and that is wrong and that is wrong. They know, they know it's wrong. But like you said, turn away. That's what real repentance is, turning from it and not doing that again, going the complete opposite direction. That's repentance, right? Yeah. That is, is what it is. And it's really important that you said that. I, I like that part. And I think another thing is coming through, I can compare it with addiction, coming through addiction is it's, you can receive the forgiveness, you can receive the healing, but then looking at yourself in the mirror can be difficult, even though. You know, it's hard to see yourself in the mirror and be happy with yourself and be happy with the decisions you've made in your life. And how did you find healing from that? Like the the biggest part through that?
2: The biggest part for me was to, I will be honest, the hardest part was after the abortion was looking myself in the mirror after that. Mm-hmm. I just could not look in, the, in a mirror for at least six months. I can't explain why. I, well, I know why. It was like the enemy was tormenting me. With so much guilt and just telling me God doesn't love you, God is mad at you, He hates you, and I honestly thought that for a long time because I grew up in the church. Abortion is a sin. That's an abomination. You shouldn't kill. Like that's that's what was pounded into my head, and that's all I kept hearing. And I knew, like you said, I knew it was a sin. I knew it was wrong. But as my grandmother told me, having sex outside of marriage is wrong anyway. That's a sin anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's all sin and I think for me, my healing was I came to a point where after I prayed to God, I looked in the mirror and I talked about my journey in the mirror to myself. And that's when I was able to look at myself again after, of course, all the crying and all the the hysterical. And then I looked at myself and I said, hey, I'm still Jessica. God still loves me. He still hears me. I mean, he knows who I am. He knows by my name. He's called me by my name. And then also being able to journal about it. I know we've gotten away from writing our thoughts out. We like to text and things like that. But Journaling really helped me on my journey because I was able to connect the dots to um, things in the Bible to help me heal. And again, looking in the mirror at myself because at the end of the day, if you can't lay down with yourself and be at peace, then who else is going to lay down with it? You have to lay down
1: with the truth. For me, in my addiction, it took me about five or six months to look in the mirror too, like you're saying there. And I knew all the, the wrong I did in my life, all the pain that I caused people that I love, you know. And that, the, that guilt does sit on you until you give it to the Lord. That's the journey of healing, just like your book. It's the journey of giving it to God, lay, laying it down, surrendering it to the Lord.
2: And I think for you, I think you can relate to this, too. I think having to confess it to my mom first was one of the hardest things I had to do. Because it looked like she just, you know, she's a mom, of course. She was just like, wow, uh, I can't believe you were walking around with this <laughs> all the mm-hmm. time to say anything. And yep. so luckily for yep. me, I have a lot of supportive friends who understood and who were actually with me. Um, after the after everything happened, And I think that that's important too, having a support system that doesn't condemn you. You know, it was many times I woke up at night and I would just be crying and my friends would, I would text them and be like, hey, I have so much guilt and they would pray over me and send me prayers and send me positive thoughts to help me along with my journey.
1: That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit about that in your book. And again, we can find this book on the description below or on Amazon by typing in A Journey of Healing by Jessica Colleen. Thank you, Jessica, so much for coming today.
2: Thank you. I really enjoy it.
1: If there is there anything else that you want to give our listeners today before you go?
2: If I could give my listeners anything, I would love to pray for them, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, that would be a perfect way to end the podcast. Thank you, Jessica.
2: Lord, we just come to you right now. And just thank you for being an awesome and going with God. Lord, we thank you for being Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Shalom. Lord, be our peace. Lord, touch every listener that's listening out there and allow them to have an experience with the Holy Spirit that they've never had before. Lord, touch everyone and help them on their journey of healing. Whether it's addiction, abortion, abuse, whatever it is, God, touch them. Be with them and guide them, Lord. Allow them experience you and let them know that you're not a condemning God you're a God of love you're a God of peace and you're a God who truly loves his children we all just want to feel your embrace right now and we thank you God you're so magnificent and wonderful in Jesus name amen
1: amen
0: you've just listened to the faith and family fellowship podcast